Welcome to the TCW Investment Perspectives Podcast. I'm Anisha Goodley, Head of the Portfolio Specialist Team for TCW's Emerging Markets Group in Los Angeles. I'm here today with Chris Hayes, our Emerging Markets External Debt Strategist. Chris works very closely with our portfolio managers and research analysts to identify how to best position the portfolio in terms of its credit quality, regional, country, and sector exposures. Prior to joining the firm in 2016, Chris was at Bank of America Merrill Lynch, where he worked in research as an EM corporate debt strategist. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Anisha. Happy to be here. Chris, before we get into your outlook for the second half, can you just touch on a little, just give the audience a little bit of perspective in terms of what's already happened for EM in this first half? Sure. Thanks. So so context for this year is, as everyone knows, some of the worst total returns uh, in global fixed income you know, in the last 40, 50 years last year. Uh, with our, our markets down 10 to 15%, sort of in line with what you saw in the U.S. corporate markets. This year, we've gone a decent way to declawing some of that back. Markets are up about 4.5%. That, that's EM sovereigns. High-yield EM sovereigns are up about 6%. Investment-grade sovereigns are up about 3%. And, and it hasn't really been a been a one-way street there. There's been a lot of volatility there. You know, we had the SVB banking crisis in March. Uh, we had some concerns around the debt ceiling a couple of months ago. Uh, as those risks has, have sort of gone by without worst case scenarios materializing, the market ha- has really repriced higher to reflect sort of a stronger risk environment. And that's when the past two months you've seen triple C rated segments of the market up 30% or so, uh, and, and really leading this rally uh, over the last couple of months in, emer- in emerging markets. And, and so while you know we haven't clawed back all of last year's losses, we've made up a good chunk of it so far, and we think the next half of this year can see further gains in, in total returns. Thanks, Chris. Okay, I want to pick up on that last point. Had a solid start to the year, despite a number of volatile periods. You're still constructive on the balance of the year. So talk to me a little bit about EM performance and your outlook, but with respect to what's going on with the Fed, what's going on with China in terms of a recovery versus last year, but some of the growth expectations have been tempered. And then we'll get into later a little bit more of the risks around our view. Sure. When I'm thinking about opportunities in this market, I think to start, we should just point out that we have a market Uh, with over 70 countries in emerging markets and over 700 companies on the corporate side. And so there are always opportunities in our market. There are always times where, you know, certain markets are outperforming or underperforming others. And that gives us a lot of room to sort of shift our allocations around to where we think the most attractive risk reward opportunities are. And so when I think about the second half of this year, the things on my mind are one, you know, we had this inflation print yesterday of around 3%. That's down from 9% a year ago. So the Fed has made a ton of progress with the 500 basis points they have uh, hiked so far in the last 12 to 15 months. And, you know, right now the market is trying to understand where this terminal rate ends and, and when the Fed is done. And so, you know, we expect 25 basis point hike next week from the Fed. And then it's really unclear. And it will depend on the data over the next couple of months. If inflation is a little bit stickier around 3%, Uh, you would expect the Fed to either continue their hiking cycle or message that they're going to leave rates higher for longer. Inflation starts heading towards 2% by the end of this year. Then I think we're looking at a really bullish market environment because that gives the Fed a little bit of cover to ease off here around 525, 550. And in that environment, I think, you know, we'll get a tailwind from treasury yields, which I think could rally 50, 60 basis points that environment uh, and support total returns. And, And we should also see some spread tightening on the high yield side of our market into year end, which could boost returns into the sort of high single digit, low double digit area uh, for that segment of the market. So one is the Fed. And really with that is just how inflation and economic activity plays out from here. Uh, Another 
uh, obvious major issue is China. And so for the past few years since COVID, China has been you know, really focused on restructuring the, the, the private sector of their economy uh, away from what they view as unprofitable or unproductive uh, allocations of capital like the property sector and towards more sort of state-guided hard tech and other industries that the government thinks are a better use of its capital. And so with that has come, you know, a serious economic downturn. You have China high-yield property sector where over 50% of the issuers in it have defaulted over the past year or two. A real cleaning out of that sector. There, there's clearly some consumer confidence issues there. Uh, and right now, what the market is looking for, and we should get in the next couple of weeks, it is uh, sort of a package, a stimulus package from the Chinese government to sort of boost economic activity. And so right now, coming to this year, expectations for Chinese growth this year were around 5.5%. The market seems to be sort of bringing down that estimate to around 5, 4.5%, 5%. And from my perspective, there are a couple of ways to think of this. So on the one hand, stronger Chinese growth means stronger global growth, which is positive for the high yield segment of our market. On the other hand, I don't necessarily think at this stage in the hiking cycle and, and at this stage in the sort of inflation cycle in the US, I don't necessarily think that that Powell or the Fed would want booming Chinese growth here because booming Chinese growth here, all else equal means, you know, inflation will have a more difficult time coming down. It means commodity prices, oil prices could potentially rise, which would be, uh, you know, an issue for the Fed and, and potentially force them to have to hike the terminal rate uh, a little bit higher than the market is currently expecting. So what I think we want in China is, is just sort of right around 5% growth. And I think that gives us uh, essentially the best of both worlds. But understanding how that plays out will obviously have a big impact on, on the second half of the year. Chris, let me jump in over here. You've talked about our base case. You've talked about the bull case. What's the bear case and what are some of the risks to the view? I think the most obvious bear case at this point uh, is that inflation remains too high for the Fed. And so that means that by year end, we're not close to two, we're, you know, in the two and a half to 3% range. And that forces the Fed to either be more aggressive uh, and reprice the terminal rate higher. And I think in that environment, you're going to see treasury yields sell off 50, 60 basis points from here, which could cause some pain on a total return front. And we could see, you know, mid single digit to high single digit total return losses in that environment. Another risk factor would be essentially the opposite of this. And, and so the Fed remains uh, overly hawkish as inflation struggles to come down. And terminal rates move to six, six and a half percent, and that pushes the economy into a recession and potentially a harder recession than we've been anticipating. And that would cause a problem for higher yielding segments of the market, uh, more fragile issuers who not only need stronger economic growth, but also need capital market availability and open access to, to, to primary markets, which is something that we haven't seen uh, in, in the past couple of years for, for this segment of the market. Chris, so where are you seeing opportunities now? There are a few segments of the market that I think will be interesting into year end. Uh, so on the one hand, we talked about this 30% rally in distressed over the past two months. There's more room to go there. Uh, I think markets like Angola, which has underperformed due to oil prices in the last couple of months, has a lot of upside in Nigeria. You had sooner than expected reforms after the presidential election earlier this year. We have an election coming up in Argentina in the fall this year. All of these bonds are still trading at really distressed levels and, and have a lot of room for upside. Another area of the market that we're interested in could be sort of the commodity exporters. So this year, uh, you've had a pretty sizable underperformance of commodity exporters relative to importers and, and commodity prices have been down, oil prices have been down over the course of this year. And, and that's one of the drivers of it. Another driver of it would, would simply be that some of the importers came into this year at really cheap levels. And, and particularly we're talking about Poland, Hungary and Romania, where fears of a difficult winter uh, related to the Russian invasion of Ukraine last year failed to materialize. And, and we've seen a lot of spread compression in those segments of the market that have helped them outperform 
EM. So we think, you know, at these relative valuations, it, it might make sense to back in the commodity exporting segment of the market that is underperformed. And then finally, uh, we think there's a real opportunity in sort of longer duration uh, corporate investment grade. And so the story here is essentially issuers with the lowest leverage they've had in, in at least the past decade uh, relative to what you're seeing, you know, in global peers like U.S. investment grade corporates, a substantial gap uh, in deleveraging since COVID uh, on the emerging market side that, that makes these fundamentally very attractive stories. And then you've also had a good amount of underperformance performance in, in total return and, and in yield uh, over the past year or so. And so, we're, you know, we're seeing really attractive opportunities in that segment of the market and positioned with a larger allocation to investment grade corporates uh, within our corporate sleeve of our portfolios uh, that, than we have in the last four or five years. Thanks, Chris. And actually, I want to step back because you touched on some of the interesting valuations in the market and the distracts stung. And let's just talk a little bit more about the overall EM market. Talk to us about where EM investment grade is, EM high yield, both relative to its own history, relative to U.S. credit, where are you broadly seeing some value? So so when I think about our market right now, I think about yields, absolute yield levels being historically attractive levels. And a good portion of that is because, you know, you've repriced the, the benchmark yield for our market, which is the U.S. Treasury market. Uh, and you've seen some spread widening, particularly on the high yield side. And so on an absolute level, yields have not been this high in, in over a decade. And the other side of the valuation sort of discussion or decision making uh, is what spreads look like. And, and in our market right now, there's not a lot of value in, in investment grade spreads. Investment grade spreads are sitting at, at basically decade tights, which is not inconsistent with what's going on in the U.S. investment grade corporate market. But, but either way, from here, total returns in that space uh, are more likely to be driven by treasury rally than by any sort of spread tightening, uh, where we could see some real sort of punchier returns or, or some, some spread tightening in addition to sort of yield declines uh, at the benchmark level uh, is in the high yield space where spreads are 95th to 100th percentile on the sovereign side. And again, like we were discussing earlier, a good portion of that wide attractive spread level is because the distressed segment specifically, the triple C and lowest quality segment of our market is trading at a historically cheap valuation. And so we think that high yield likely has a little bit of more, a little bit more upside along with longer end investment grade bonds that should benefit from a treasury rally. When we think about our valuations relative to uh, U.S. investment grade markets or, or U.S. corporate markets, there's a mix and match. So our EM investment grade sovereign bonds trade relatively tight to U.S. investment grade bonds. They're both yielding about five and a half percent. They both have seven or eight year duration. We don't think there's a ton of upside in, in EM IG sovereign relative to U.S. IG sovereign. On the flip side, investment grade corporates, uh, which have lagged a, a decent amount this year and last year relative to their sovereign counterparts, and relative to U.S. investment grade corporates uh, do look uh, a little bit attractive. They're trading maybe 50 base points on top of the U.S. investment grade market, uh, and that historically is a relatively attractive level on the wider end of, of that five, 10-year range for that relationship. On the high yield side, we think EM high yield sovereigns are uniquely attractive relative to the global high yield market, relative to U.S. high yield, relative to EM high yield corporates. They're trading at historically widespread levels, both on an outright basis and relative to U.S. high yield. I think you're getting 350 or 400 basis points over the U.S. high yield market in our emerging market high yield sovereign space. The EM high yield corporate space is a little bit different. And so to give some perspective, if you think about total returns last year, uh, the U.S. high yield market was down about 10%. The EM high yield corporate bond market was down about 9.5%. So it actually outperformed the U.S. high yield market, even though you had you know, half of the China high yield property space defaulting, even though you had 
corporates, high yield corporates in Russia and Ukraine dropping 60 to 80 percent. Even with those, you had outperformance in our EM high yield corporate bond market. And the reason for that, most other markets besides those, you know, idiosyncratic specific issues outperform the U.S. high yield market. And so I think, you know, broadly speaking, a lot of the value in our EM high yield corporate space relative to U.S. high yield is in these distressed idiosyncratic situations. But broadly speaking, I wouldn't say the EM high yield corporate market is particularly attractive. So right now uh, in our portfolios, you know, we're more focused on high yield emerging market sovereigns and and more investment grade corporates uh, where we think the real value is on, on a global basis. Thanks, Chris. And let me try to recap a little bit of what you said. So you are constructive on EM. EM sovereigns are up about 4.5% this year. That's been driven largely by a rally in high yield, which is up around 6%, investment grade up around 3%. The combination of the Fed potentially being closer to the end of its hiking cycle, you're starting to see this data come in uh, in terms of inflation being lower. And if that holds, that should be constructive in terms of investors starting to add risk to their own portfolios. And you are seeing it in terms of just the flows. You're starting to see that start to pick up. In terms of China, you know, there was some bullishness at the beginning of the year, probably more more so at the beginning of the year about the China recovery relative to last year. That's been tempered a bit, but still at that 5% level, that is still constructive for EM overall. I think you touched on those risks quite well in terms of our bear case. And then in terms of just the valuations, let me just recap a little bit of what you said. So EMIG sovereign spreads are pretty much in line with USIG corporate spreads. So maybe not as much value on that front. Total yields are attractive, though, if you look at just relative to history. And then in the IG corporate space, that's where we're finding some value, about 50 basis points up relative to sovereigns and, the, and relative to USIG. And then the real value, again, is more in EM high-yield sovereigns relative to EM high-yield corporates as well. And, and so that's something that we we have focused on in the portfolio. Then I will point the audience to two recent podcasts that we did do on some of the regions that you mentioned. So one was Sub-Saharan Africa. So Brett Rowley and I did a podcast on some of the opportunities there. And then also what you talked about in terms of merging Europe, Blaise Anton and I did a podcast recently on some of the opportunities there. So certainly you could delve into more detail on that front. Chris, thank you again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Anisha. Thank you for joining us today on TCW Investment Insights. For more insights from TCW, please visit tcw.com insights. This material is for general information purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. TCW, its officers, directors, employees, or clients may have positions in securities or investments mentioned in this publication, which positions may change at any time without notice. While the information and statistical data contained herein are based on sources believed to be reliable, we do not represent that it is accurate and should not be relied on as such, or be the basis for an investment decision. The information contained herein may include preliminary information and or, quote, forward-looking statements, end quote. Due to numerous factors, actual events may differ substantially from those presented. TCW assumes no duty to update any forward-looking statements or opinions in this document. Any opinions expressed herein are current only as of the time made and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results.